All right, hello friends out there in Canada, the United States. A specific shout out to everyone listening in Montana. We have a ton of fans in Montana, in case you were wondering. Uh, it's episode nine, Bat Flips, Maple Dips. My name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon. We have uh, Justin Andy Anderson uh, to my left. I couldn't think of a good nickname for you today. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter what your nickname is because it's not going to... Come close to this guy, Patrick, the Maritimes, Mr. Smaker Marsh. He joins us in Halifax. How's it going, bud? Hey, man. What's up? How was your seafood dinner tonight? I'm assuming that's what you had because that's what every Maritimer has all the time, seafood. No, I had some chicken, but for dinner, I had a really weird thing. Well, lunch, I guess you guys call it. Yeah, um, I was about to say so dinner. What a loser. <laughs> all right. At, at lunch, um, I hit up this uh, hot new place. I don't. Maybe it's not new. I don't know. It's called... The 244 uh, here in Halifax, and I got myself a grilled cheese sandwich. Nice. But it wasn't a grilled cheese sandwich, it was a melt because oh. it had, it was a grilled cheese that had pickles and bacon in it. So I was kind of upset, to be honest with you, because <laughs> a grilled cheese sandwich is a grilled cheese sandwich. There's nothing else on it. We get nine Belt. episodes in, and you're turning into a diva. Hey, nine <laughs> podcast episodes. You think you can just demand whatever you want? It's not a grilled cheese. It's Do a Do you melt. know who I am? Do you know who I am? I if I get pickles on it again, I send it back. I send it back. <laughs> I love the gobble That's a good office reference right there. Uh, episode nine, uh, it's called The Rest of My Life. We named it after a Sloan song. I would have gone with Money City Maniacs, but... I don't name the episodes, so whatever. Uh, we're on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com slash batflipsmapledips. Uh, Twitter, that's our best one, at BFMD Podcast. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. We'll explain all that on our Facebook page as well. Uh, we are going to get into uh, the week that was, as we always do for the Jays. We're going to talk about our uh, Dream Jays lineup. That's our roundtable talk discussion today. Uh, we might get into some prospect talk. We might get into some other stuff too, but uh, we got to start off today um we'll do some other housekeeping things um i got engaged over the weekend i guess we have to talk about that because you guys are forcing me to but yeah i got engaged so you know, good stuff Clap, was, that's me clapping yeah it was awesome <laughs> um everything pretty much went wrong that day i took yeah. her to her favorite restaurant and the appetizer like is her favorite food ever there are the mussels there and uh yeah they discontinued it they don't make it anymore so <laughs> oh for one right there uh took her out for ice cream she told me she gave up ice cream for the year so oh for two which <laughs> sucked because i had someone follow us around like to take a photo of the engagements and the cue was when brenly finishes her ice cream that's what i'm gonna ask her oh. it's kind of tough to do that when she doesn't have fucking ice cream <laughs> so uh then the other thing is too like i had our other roommate follow us around she's this little tiny blonde lady and i had her like hide and you know make sure she could capture the moments and then people started to look at her because she's hiding behind a tree and this little blonde lady just creeping on this couple hiding behind a tree it looked really bad like it looked like our roommate was just stalking us basically so like oh for four but then i asked her and she said yes and it was awesome and it was a big huge moment and yeah so it was really good so thanks friends congratulations buddy. yeah and to feel more adult congratulations I, I got a mustache to make myself you know officially an adult so engaged mustache yeah, story of my life right there. That's gonna happening. be that's gonna be the uh, 
the title of my memoirs, Engaged in Mustaches, the Clayton Croker story. Okay, that's out of the way. Um, by the way, I look like Travis Snyder, like a ginger Travis Snyder. Yeah, that's that's a good comparison. I actually. miss Travis Snyder's duster. Oh my god! Well, I don't miss Travis Snyder. The mustache, yes. Yeah. All right, Travis let's talk Snyder. about some trades here, guys. Uh, the big one, obviously, Roberto Osuna. We get yeah. Ken Giles in return. I think that's the big one we were looking for. Hector mm. Perez, David Paulino. I mean, we don't really know too much Woo. about them. Almost not uh, Justin's computer off and smacked it. I'm here. just excited about the trade because <laughs> I'm excited that Roberto Osuna no longer plays for. Yeah. Um, Patrick, I'll ask you, were you a little surprised at the backlash from Blue Jay fans about the Osuna trade? Because a lot of them were pissed. No, I was talking a little bit with Justin about this, about how there were some really spicy takes on the subreddit for the Toronto Blue Jays about how they were switching their loyalty to a different team or that they had given up on uh Shapiro and Atkins and that this was going to be the trade that destroys the Jays forever and I gotta say to you people out there who think trading away Roberto Osuna is gonna somehow magically destroy this team there's not much left to destroy after today first of all and second of all what would you rather do would you rather have a, a guy like Roberto Osuna on a team or would you rather get rid of him, get some value, trade him to a contender, and let him be their problem? Mm-hmm. And to, to be honest with you, no matter how good Roberto Osuna plays for the rest of his career, I'm always going to remember him as the guy who did or didn't do what he did or didn't do and cost us a significant amount of games and also is probably a shitty person. So, you know yeah. what? I called this last week. I said he was going to go to Houston or Chicago. Those teams are in win-now mode. He's now their problem. Don't care. That's the last time I hope I ever have to talk about Roberto Osuna. This is not as serious of an example, but he's got like Billy Koch syndrome. Uh, He's only going to be remembered for his one bad thing. Roberto Osuna will always be remembered, not for his 100 saves, uh, Mm -hmm. not for his playoff performance. He's going to be remembered for that. Remember when Billy Koch got released, I think it was by Tampa Bay, and he went into the crowd at the Trop like the next... Like two days after that, with his kids and started to chirp the Rays or yeah. something like that. Like that's all I think of when I think of Billy Koch. Now I don't think of his little goatee. I don't think of his high socks. Yeah, I think of the time when a team cut him and he, he went back him. and just chirped the fuck out of him afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the thing that's going to happen with Osuna. Yeah. I'll ask this to you, Justin. Uh, do you think um, Osuna will have over or under a hundred more saves in his MLB career? Over. You're gonna. Th- you oh, think yeah. he's gonna stay in the league? If, if he's not convicted, and even if he is, I mean, we've seen athletes come back from convictions, i.e. Michael Vick, before mm-hmm. in other sports, albeit. But, I mean, Aroldis Chapman did something pretty bad, too, True. as did Jose Reyes, as did Ray Rice, and they all, for the most part, have come back. Not Ray Rice. Not Ray Rice, mm-hmm. but the baseball guys have, are still around. Reyes isn't any good anymore, but Chapman still is. And he's the, kind of the same kind of, he's yeah. a poser, just like Osuna. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think Osuna if he's not convicted and doesn't serve time, he'll probably get 200 more saves in his career. At least I, uh, if he stays as a closer, mm-hmm. right. Um, he's just, he's a, he's pure talent. He's got the talent as long as his, he's not completely uh, mentally rattled by this whole thing, which yeah. is entirely possible. I mean, he might be a head case now. Right. Um, and he might just completely fall in, but I still think he gets more than a hundred. 
All right, Patrick, what do you think of the return here for us? Um, again, Giles is the big name, mm-hmm. but do you think he's damaged goods too, or do you think we can salvage something with him? Um, I think he's less damaged goods than Roberto Osuna. I think Roberto Osuna has a much, much higher ceiling than Ken Giles, uh, but uh, they have, I believe, the same amount of team control. Uh, I think Giles Ken Giles might be a little bit older. Yeah, he has one less year than Some... Osuna. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't, man, I don't know. Like, Roberto Osuna is an elite closer with a 10-cent brain. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I agree with Justin in that he is definitely going to get at least 100 more saves, assuming that he is in a head case and that he's not going to get convicted. I, I could see him doing that. If he hadn't done what he did, I, I could see him saving three or four hundred games in MLB mm-hmm. and, and being a star for a long time. But this is gonna, this is hard to come back from. Even players who have experienced, or I shouldn't say that, even players who are involved in domestic abuse cases, they they don't come back and they're they don't they're not elite. I wouldn't really say that. Uh, Chapman is, you know, elite, um, or that maybe he never was. He definitely has a fast fastball, but he's not a world breaker. Um, as for like our return, I, Justin told me a little bit about Hector Perez. I don't know much about him because I, I don't know too much about uh, the Astro system. Um, David Paulino got caught juicing, so he had an 80-game suspension. And before that, he was very highly touted as a prospect, and now he's not even in, or he wasn't even in the top 20 in Houston's uh, system. So, like, I, I really don't know if it even matters at this point. It's mostly about getting Roberto Suna off of off our roster. Uh, I think it was mentioned after the fact that he was never going to play another game for us anyway. So, I mean. That tells you everything you need to know, I, I feel like, as far as how we should treat the trade. Ken Giles will be serviceable. I don't think he'll be the next Roberto Osuna. Uh, I'm excited about Hector Perez and what he might bring, but I defer to Justin as far as I the analysis on those two. <laughs> yeah, okay, what's the deal All with right. those two there? So I'll talk a bit about Giles first. He hits 100 miles an hour on his fastball. They call him Ken 100 Miles Giles. Uh-huh. Boo, bad Boo. nickname. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. So he's had, um, he gets a sh- like a, a, a little shit ton of strikeouts. He's struck out um, better than 11 batters, better than 12 batters per nine innings in his career in the big leagues uh, wow. while walking less than three. And his home run numbers are very low as well. Close to 50% ground balls, which is nice. Um, Career ERA is 272 and XFIP 282, so he's a pretty solid relief pitcher. He's had some issues with um, Houston management this year. Um, There was an incident where he punched himself in the head and he's walking out the field after a bad outing, and then he uh, had some problems with the manager in Houston there. Uh, We talked about it a bit last week um, where he told him to F off, and they had a little bit of an argument, and then they sent it to AAA where he hasn't been very good. But um, obviously, with the other trades that happened today, we need bullpen help. So he's gonna slide him into our bullpen immediately, yeah. uh, as soon as we can get him there, kind of thing. Uh, other than that, uh, Perez, um, he's from the Dominican, uh, mid to upper nineties fastball. 
Um, great secondary pitches. He's had some walk issues uh, throughout his career, uh, but he made some adjustments to his delivery uh, a month and a half ago, and his walks have dropped from about 19% to 9% since wow. that time. Um, he was ranked number seven on Houston's <coughs> excuse me, top prospects list. And MLB Pipeline actually has up that number 11 on our list, which is between hmm. Sean Reed Foley and Ryan Baraki. Yeah. So that goes to show that he's he's highly thought of in terms of uh, a pitching prospect. He's 22, so he's still in that good uh, development time. Uh, likely behind Reed Foley and Baraki in his development, um, may compete for a rotation spot in 2020, in my opinion. Uh, Paulinho is kind of a long shot, sort of what we call him a lottery ticket prospect. He had Tommy Johns in 2014, yeah. uh, some tendonitis issues, violated some team rules, and then he had the PED suspension for 80 games in 2017. So he's only pitched about 70 innings in his minor league career, mm-hmm. um, but he's also started six games, six or seven games in the big leagues, most recently last season, where his ERA was uh, 6.52, which isn't great. He gave up a, he gave up eight home runs, I believe, in uh, like 30 innings. Uh, so that led to that. His record was two and zero. If we care about win loss, we do. Um, you don't. We <laughs> X, do. X FIP was four eleven. So that's if home run numbers are normal. Strikeouts were good. Ten and a half per nine. Walks nice. were only two. He got hit around quite a bit. Um, obviously by the home run numbers and the BABIP was three fifty four. So I mean, all things considered, we have a gutted rotation right now due to some injuries to Sanchez and obviously uh, with the trade of Hap. Um, I think he'll go to Buffalo for a little while, but if he's pitching well, we may see him get an earlier call up than September. Yeah. Uh, but likely when the rosters expand, he's probably a guy along with Reed Foley. They're kind of in that same neighborhood where he we could see him at least get a starter two or some bullpen work in September. So that's the scoop on those guys. We're gonna talk about our um, other bullpen moves with O <laughs> and <laughs> Loop and those guys, but first let's talk about the Hap deal a little bit sure. because. I like what I see from Brandon Jury so far. At yeah. third base, it's only like two or three games for a sample size. Yeah. But those <clears throat> plays he was making in his first game at third mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. the Sox, he was looking smooth. He yeah. looked right at home at third base. That's his spot. This is crap, though, because we have like the best third base <laughs> prospect of all time just yeah. sitting there in AAA. What do you do with a guy like Brandon Drury who has made a good first impression Mm-hmm. but he can play all over the field. Look, I'll ask you first, Patrick, where do you think Brandon Jury's future with this team is? Like in the short term or the long term? Uh, both, short and long term. Okay, short term, he'll be our starting third baseman probably until the end of the season, unless he gets injured or somebody else gets injured or who knows. Or Donaldson I, comes back. <laughs> yeah, or until Josh Donaldson comes back. If if that happens mm-hmm. this year, we, uh, I don't know if his timetable is... Uh, changed since last week, but there's no reason at this point not to just do that. Take our time with uh, Vladdy Jr., who just got the Mm -hmm. call-up to go to Buffalo, uh, which is, you know, great news for him. Um, In the long term, obviously, with Vladdy coming up, unless they move Vladdy to first, which they're probably not going to do, Drury's just going to be... long-term a utility infielder for us but we'll see a lot of action uh as long as we want to keep him i do like his defense though i think he'll be he'll be extremely serviceable i think he's our new ryan goins 
That's what I think of Brandon Drury. I think of a guy who can play all over the outfield. I think of a guy who can, you know, it looks like he can swing the bat pretty well. It looks like mm-hmm. he's got a nice swing with some nice pop in it. It looks like he's a little bit more of a power hitter, Ryan Goins, but maybe not as fast. I mean, he's a heck of an athlete yeah. and he is pretty fast, but it doesn't seem like he's, you know, as shifty kind of fast as him. But I like the pickup of Brandon Drury. It's always nice to have those guys who have the versatility that can play anywhere on the mm-hmm, infield because mm-hmm. infielders get hurt all the time. Um, Bill McKinney, don't really know too much about him. Is there anything to get excited about him, Professor Justin Anderson? Or no? um, Billy McKinney, yeah, he's kind of interesting. Uh, he was a first-round pick of the A's back in 2013. He played in a couple of games with the Yankees this season. That was his MLB debut. Mm-hmm. He picked up his first hit. It may have actually been against us, if I remember correctly. I remember seeing it on the highlights, so I can't remember for sure if it was us. Uh, career slash line in the minors is 272 with a 350 on base and a 428 slugging. Um, he plays solid outfield defense. Uh, should Curtis Granderson be moved prior to the August 31st waiver deadline, they think Billy McKinney might be the guy mm. to replace him. Um, he was stuck behind Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, and John Carlos Stanton in New York. So pretty tough to break into an outfield when you have those guys there. So yeah. Um, and this thing can be said for Drury, who was the Yankees' starting third baseman on opening day, but mm-hmm. they placed him on a DL about a weekend with severe migraines. When and then rookie Miguel and Judar came in and just ran away with the position. So mm-hmm. Drury was stuck again in AAA. He kind of pinballed back and forth. So we we've kind of got a couple of. Yankee uh, cast-offs, so to speak. They just didn't have a place on their on their roster right now, and they really couldn't afford to keep them because they're good players and they can get something for them. And yeah. they obviously got Jay Happ, who was pitched six great innings for them. Did you hear day. what happened to Jay Happ today, though? He contracted foot, mouth, and I think that's, hand disease? I think that's fake news. Is it fake news? It hasn't, I haven't seen confirmation of I it. I saw from, it on the score, <laughs> and reputable. I was like, what? Yeah, see, it's on Sportsnet now, I guess. So I guess it is... Uh, a thing he contracted uh, foot, tons, mouth, and, and hand, hand foot and mouth disease yeah so um that's the second pitcher uh new york to have uh, noah syndergaard yeah. on the dl with that right now i would be so pissed if i was the yankees right now trading i mean they're not huge parts of their future but i mean you're really relying on yeah. just to be the guy for a couple so, weeks and he's not going to be there for a couple weeks it's interesting we're not sure how long he's going to be out it's kind of one of those things that just takes time for yeah. it to go away mm-hmm. i don't i'm not a, obviously i'm not a doctor so I, I don't even really know what it is but it's in his hand his foot in his mouth apparently yeah <laughs> so let's talk about the relievers we gave away here um because again sangwon oh uh yeah he's gone to colorado mm-hmm. uh we also gave up aaron loop he plays for the philadelphia phillies now and axford is going to the dodgers yeah out of all three of those relief pitchers who do you think uh is gonna have the bigger impact right now for the Jays? Like, who are we going to miss the most out of those three guys? Not future, but for this season. I know the season's a write-off, but who do you think we're going to miss the most? Sangwano. He was the best of the three this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, just straight up, that's that's all I can say is he was the best of the three. Patrick, agreed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed seeing the X-Man get, uh, get a start, and he was pretty good in it, yeah. but... Ultimately, I think O proved that he was our strongest bullpen arm um, throughout the year. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, uh, Roberto Suda notwithstanding, uh, for obvious reasons. But I, I do think Axford did give us somewhat of a uh, bullpen pitching day option. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he proved himself. But yeah, I think Oh had another year of control, didn't he? Uh, he had a team. He has a two and a half million dollar option team option next season. Uh, but yeah. it, it becomes a vested option should he pitch in seventy games, and he's currently worked fifty, so he's getting close to that mark where he'll be locked in. But I mean, two and a half million for a guy who signed a one-year, two million dollar contract is a pretty good bargain for for as good as he's been. Yeah. Out of all of the players that we got back today, who are you the most excited about, and who <sighs> is the guy who do you think is going to be like a shocker in the next couple of years? Honest? Like, wow, I can't yeah. believe we got him in a trade. Let's go to Patrick first. Yeah, Patrick. Go to Patrick. Uh, which, like, again, who do you think is uh, going to have the biggest impact for the Jays? Who do you think is going to be like our underrated prospect? I think it's it's Hector Perez, just because he's young and there's time more time for him to kind of develop. I don't know exactly where he'll fit into our roster uh, next year. I, I I'd have to you'd have to ask Justin, but mm. I'm I'm most excited for him and maybe the more I read about Chad Span is it Spanberger? Yeah, Spanberger. 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 Yeah, uh, him from Colorado. Mm. It's nice to have a first baseman pros- prospect of sorts. Um, so. I think he might end up being somebody we see sooner than we think. Not, yeah. I'm not trying to throw shade at Smoke <laughs> or Morales or whoever. <laughs> I would say, but... I would say Ken Giles is going to be the guy that flies under the radar for the Jays mm-hmm. and turns into a very good pickup. There's a lot of people saying that we'll flip him for, <clears throat> excuse me, prospects again next season at this time if he pitches well. So I think he's going to be a pretty be a good pickup for the Jays yeah, here. It's kind of iffy, Because, right? again, he chucks 100, yeah. and guys who are like that, fireball pitchers, they just need the right environments. They mm. need the environment where they're going to get a lot of appearances. They need that consistency. They can't be sitting on the bench for four or five days in between well, appearances. Yeah. I just think that he needs to change the scenery, and I think that uh, he's going to be called upon a lot. He's going to get a chance, yeah. Because we have zero bullpen help right now. Like, it is absolutely disgusting. Uh, Let's talk about Vladdy Jr., though, right now, shall we? Or do you guys want to talk about anything else Blue Jay uh, trade-related? Can I weigh in on this this whole uh, which which player is the most important thing? Yeah. I like Chad Spanberger. Thanks, Patrick, for segueing into that. Um, He's playing in full-season A-ball. Uh, this this year he's batting 318 with a 944 OPS. Uh, he reported to our single A Lansing Lugnuts team. Uh, recorded four hits in his first ten at bats. That was going into yesterday, I believe. Maybe even this morning. I can't remember when I checked this. Um, he was a sixth round draft pick in 2016. Uh, his first two seasons of ball, uh, he sh- he's hit 41 homers in his first couple of years. Hmm. Uh, he's 22 years old. Uh, if the offense keeps up. Uh, he could progress pretty quickly through our first base rankings. We don't have too many uh, great first basemen in our prospect pool. Um, and he could honestly be in line to replace Justin Smoke when Smokey's contract is up. And, well, his contract's up this year, but we'll pick up his option. So 2020, we could see Chad Svanberger as a 24-year-old, depending on when his birthday is, is a starting first baseman, wow. or at least in the conversation come spring training. Mm-hmm. I, I saw some videos of his defense, and he does look really solid there too. Those first basemen are usually pretty polished because it's a tough position to, to play when mm. you have to handle everybody. Um, kind of like, They're kind of like the catcher of the infield, so to speak, where they work with everybody. So I, I'm excited about him. Uh, even Forrest Wall, who we got in that trade, I think those two, the, the guys we got for the, our very first trade with O are probably the two best players that 
that we may have got. I do like Hector Perez too, as Patrick said, but I think those first two guys I'm most excited about, honestly. I will say the real catcher of the infield is the catcher. Well, but, uh, that's, yeah. that's my, <laughs> he's, that's not, my yeah. only he's not he's not fielding balls from every position. I know, so I know. Uh, let's my, talk. That was my thing. Let's talk about Vladdy Jr. though, because I love talking about Vladdy yeah, Jr. I have some um, updates on him. Yeah. Too. So Vladdy Jr. <laughs> he's playing for Buffalo. Yeah. I kind of wish he would have stayed in Double A just so yeah. we could see how good the Fisher Cats could have been. That's yeah. my selfish reasons. I know it's the right move. <laughs> I know he's going to get better because of this. I know that. But I'm just selfish, and I wanted to see the Fisher Cats win it all Fair with enough. that team, with Biggio and Bichette and Vladdy. Um, how long do you think he's going to be in AAA for? The rest of the year? rest of the year. A couple months? I think he's going to get called up at the end of the year. I'd be – I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised – Considering how cautious they've been with him, they let him bat 400 for like four months in Double A. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked in his first at bat in Triple A, by the way, just about five minutes ago. Nice. Um, so that and then Danny Jansen singled after that. They didn't score, but they're both on base. Yeah, two guys we love. Um, so he's off to a decent start. So Patrick, how long do you think Vladdy's going to be in Triple A, and do you think that's the right move for him right now? Like, what do you think they should do with him? Um, I'm going to go with the hot take that our starting third baseman for the 2019 season will be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's not wow. a hot take. I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be that much of a surprise. No. I think the call-up to AAA is uh, perfect timing, gives him, you know, a little bit of time. I do not think that he will get called up to MLB this season. There's no reason to do it. We've got more than enough players that can play third base right now, and there's no reason to rush our number one prospect, arguably the number one prospect uh, in all of baseball, that everybody's watching and waiting to see what will happen. Might as well start him first game of the new season next year. Yeah, give, the, uh, you know, oh. give the fans something to, to go see. I think if the Jays completely shit the bed down the uh, stretch, we bring him up just because we can sell some tickets that way at the end of the year. I mean, I know that's not the right reason to bring up a prospect, and I don't think that'll be the only reason we do it, but I bet you if the Jays are just horrible, and I think they're going to be real bad down the stretch here, I bet you they call them up just to be like, okay, we need something to go right for us right now. Like, we need something to be excited for, because playing out an MLB season, like that last month, just playing it out knowing you're not going to be good, like, sure, it's good to get a look at those other guys, but you want to you see Vladdy. I know, he, mm-hmm. like, he, I think he's ready to. I would say, you know, it would be awesome if we give him some more time and make him more ready, but I would say he's ready. He would be ready for that September call-up. Maybe not ready now, but I think September call-up he'd be ready. Yeah. I might be in the minority on that. I might be in the majority of that. It's such a <laughs> – there's it's like a 50-50 thing right now with Jays fans. Yeah. Should we call him up? Should we not? And it's not one of those irrational debates where it's like, oh, no, do it because just this reason, this reason, yeah. whatever. People actually think it through and be like, okay, on this, this is the positive, this is the negative – Usually Blue Jay fans, when they debate, it's just so, a gong show. This is actually kind of a... Yeah. They say the reason that he hasn't been called up, his bat is ready. Mm-hmm. His defense is what they're trying to work on because he's going he's going to play defense. He's not going to DH. Yeah. Um, we might. What I believe will happen is what the Braves did with Ronald Acuna this season where they mm-hmm. waited until... Um, you have... Because you have to... Uh, for a prospect to accrue one year of major league service time they have to play in 150 games yeah so basically you wait 12 games 
or you wait 13 games, then you call up your prospects and you get an extra year of team control. Yeah. So the Braves could have called Acuna up on the 14th of April. They chose to wait until the 25th because he wasn't playing well. Gotcha. And then they did that. So they secured another year before he hits free agency. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think will happen. We'll see Vladdy before the end of April in 2019. I don't think he'll start because we want to keep that extra year of team control. I'd love to see it, but from a pure baseball team management standpoint, it'd be foolish for us to waste a year of Vladdy control um, when we can keep him around for a full extra season if we wait 13 games. Any more Vladdy talk there, Patrick? Uh, that's a really good point. I hadn't actually thought of Thanks, when it came Patrick. to team control on Vladdy. <laughs> I like that a lot, but I still think he's going to be starting game one next year yeah, because Donaldson's me. not coming back, and mm-hmm. it's just the sexy thing to do. And <laughs> I, I just like... Uh, what do you think, Clayton? It would be such a disappointment if he's not in the lineup opening day next I agree. year. Yeah. Because Jays opening day, I mean, I still remember opening day as the one day I cared about because the Jays were such shit. You took the day that off. That I'd always take the day <laughs> off for Jays opening day because that was the one day that mattered. And it was like, that's still kind of the feel, though. Even though we had those two awesome playoff years, opening day is the day because they get to run out onto the field. And Vladdy's intro is going to be unreal he's going to get such an ovation they're going to have to delay the whole ceremony and stuff like that like if they if they do that april shit to him i'll be so upset as a fan <laughs> like you're robbing me of this like like i have to wait another year for this no i i would not be happy with that again that's a selfish reason i wanted him selfishly to stay in double a i want him selfishly to be in the lineup next year i know it's beneficial to do the opposite of yeah, that i know yeah, it is yeah. in the long run it is but i'm selfish i can't help that that's, um it's fair it's a yeah. fair thing let's close the book on vladdy jr let's get sure. back to um some more trades just uh in the mlb world yeah uh, not just the blue jay world the mlb world uh what trade kind of caught you by surprise the most today and here's the thing i napped all afternoon and then i went uh, and did a house inspection for a house that i'm looking at foundation sucked Oof. so that's a huge kick in the balls but uh uh patrick let's start with you the trade that kind of shocked you the most today uh i was surprised to see chris archer get moved so quickly so that's the one trade i know of today the rest i have no idea so just a heads up you guys are gonna have to anchor this talk here for the trades I you know to you know what down, i'm but... totally fine with that because yeah. it's the big i've one. been saying for a long time the pittsburgh pirates are sneaky good mm-hmm. you have and ne- and now Yes, they had to part ways with Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now, which are very good prospects that could end up being even more uh, for Tampa. But Chris Archer right now is pretty damn good. And this really solidifies Pittsburgh, I think, as uh, a strong contender now and in the future. Uh, Right now, they're kind of stuck in the middle of a a logjam of teams between uh, like 55 and 65 wins or something like that. So like they're, they got a lot of work to do, but it kind of seems to me like trading to get Chris Archer is a sign that Pittsburgh is serious about climbing out of the, the dumpster uh, in the bottom of the NL central and really pushing teams like Chicago and Milwaukee uh, for the supremacy at the top of the standings. Do you think they have the firepower right now to battle with those teams, though? Because Milwaukee looks great. And Pittsburgh, I mean, 
Eh, I mean, yes, Archer's a good get, but they don't have Cole anymore. And, I mean, their lineup isn't what it was four or five years ago when they were surprising teams. Um, what do you think Pittsburgh's realistic chance of making the playoffs is? Are? This year? Yeah. Probably, probably uh, well, after this trade, I would say more, better than 50%. Um but they're by no means are they a lock because they still have a lot of work to do before they climb back up the standings. Mm-hmm. I could see them stealing away like one of the wild cards. I don't think they can win that division. There's just too much firepower on Chicago. And even though Milwaukee's playing really good, I don't have that much faith in that team. Mm-hmm. And, but I think in the long term, if you look at Pittsburgh's rotation, even though they did just lose a couple big pieces, uh, like you had just mentioned, um, man, I, I just, I, something tells me that, that the pirates are, 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 they might not win the division this year, but next year I would be very, very afraid of that pitching staff. Well, Justin, do you think Archer is going to be with Pittsburgh next year? Yeah. They, he's under control for a couple more years. Okay. Um, do you guys want the odds? Uh, <laughs> so according to fan graphs, the Pirates have a 1.8% chance of winning that division. They're currently seven games back. They'd have to leap the Brewers and the Cubs. And they've got a 13.2% chance of winning the wild card and a 15.1% chance of just getting there. So the odds, even though they've... This is this is like going into today's action. And obviously they have Chris Archer now. So it's going to be curious to check these odds tomorrow to see how everything changes after deadline day. But that's an outside shot of even getting to the wild card game, let alone winning it. Um, I, I think what the pirates are doing is setting themselves up to win, not this year, but potentially next year. It's tough for them to be a team who's three games over 500 right now, um, and be seven games back with two months of season left to make a big enough splash to gain that much ground. Um, and obviously one pitcher Archer's going to play once every five days. Mm -hmm. So, even if they win every time he starts, that's only one win of every five guaranteed kind of thing. Uh, I think it's still the biggest trade of the day. I, I, I love Austin Meadows. Um, humble brag, I drafted him in my Dynasty League a few years ago, and I'm very pumped that he's going to be a starting fielder in yeah. Tampa Bay now, so I actually get to, I can pull him on my minor system if I choose to. Mm. And Glasnow is an interesting guy, too. Um, I believe he's left. No, he's right-handed, sorry. Uh, he's six foot eight. He's huge. Um, they he they tried starting him earlier in the season, but they moved him to the bullpen, and he's had some better results there. So I mean, he's twenty four. Uh, I think that's kind of like Meadows was the big get. Yeah, Glasnow's a guy that type of been needs a starting pitcher because on their depth chart none. going into today, it was only Chris Blake, Blake Snell's on the DL. Yeah, so they have him. But other than that. Chris Archer was their only starting just pitcher. Going bullpen according days. to the MLB.com all week long. Threat. So it's bullpen days forever in Tampa Bay, which mm-hmm. I think their AAA guys are going to get a lot of experience this season, which is awesome for those AAA guys who are all of a sudden like, hey, we are now starting pitchers to Tampa Bay Rays because yeah. they have nobody else. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, trades yeah. kind of uh, tickle your fancy today, kind of catch your attention at all? or The Brewers got Jonathan Scope from the Orioles, which is kind of interesting. Um they had picked up Moustakis. Mm-hmm. So their their infield is actually very, very crowded now, which is strange. Um, but still a good trade. They're, they're just trying to shore up their depth there. Uh, other than that, like everything else was honestly pretty unspectacular, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. 
We didn't uh, see. I don't know about that. Patrick, well, what do you go think, on. Patrick? Well, I mean, I think it's a big deal that your boy Wilson Ramos went to the Phillies. Yeah. Uh, really. Yeah, that's. I think that's a that's sign a that Philadelphia really wants to fight with Atlanta. They also picked up um, elite reliever Aaron Loop. Yeah. Uh, from Toronto. <laughs> um, but also, the Rays also went and picked up Tommy Pham. Yeah, that, sorry, yeah, that is an interesting deal from the Cardinals. Out of the I, blue, they traded Tommy Pham. So, break, yeah. break that down for us because I don't, I don't quite understand. So, there's been a ton of rumors lately that Tommy Pham wasn't happy in St. Louis. I don't know why. Um, this is just a sign for me. Like, the Rays starting outfield as it stands now, is Kevin Kiermaier, Austin Meadows, and and Pham. So it's it's kind of strange that... So Pham said when he woke up this morning, he said, I was really shocked. When you wake up and your boss is calling you, telling you you got traded, it's pretty shocking, obviously. He's 30 years old, though, um, which I was kind of surprised by. I thought he was younger, but... The Rays also got $500,000 of international signing bonus allocation for this too. And they sent back three minor league players who I honestly know nothing about. This is Tampa Bay and who cares? Um, <laughs> it seems like the yep. Cardinals aren't, aren't going to make the playoffs. And I think they're just trying to get some value for, for a guy who's having a very good year. He's uh, batting two forty eight, but he's got 14 homers, hmm. steals 10 bases. Um, last year he hit three oh six, so it's kind of... Um, interesting. He's been a center fielder, but he won't play there obviously because they have Kiermaier. Yeah. Uh, but that's interesting. He's eligible for arbitration this coming winter, so they still have three years of team control. And Kevin Cash said he's probably going to start tomorrow night when he gets there, and they'll play the LA Angels. So it, it it's strange. Um, it opens up a a space for uh Tyler O'Neill to start in uh, St. Louis, which is nice for them. Uh. <sighs> Still kind of strange. I don't know. It's it's strange. Like Tyrone is a good Canadian boy, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty excited that he gets to. He's from Maple Ridge, BC, home of uh, Justin Morneau. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that he's gonna get a shot to play. Uh, so good for him. But yeah, I I agree, Patrick. That I kind of forgot about Fam once the Archer news broke, and I started focusing on Blue Jays stuff for our show about Fam. But yeah, that's an interesting deal, and it's weird that Tampa Bay is building their lineup almost from the outfield in, as they have no starting pitching yeah. <laughs> currently a mess of a franchise so it's 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 quite interesting what they're doing i think they're kind of trying to set themselves up for a maybe a 2020 competitive run yeah it seems like Tampa Bay is good one year out of every five or so mm. so all right let's close the book on <laughs> trades yeah. unless you guys have anything else i'm good with i do one more Patrick does uh brian brian dozier went to the yeah, dodgers yeah. they also picked up axford i think once again, we're looking at a season where that particular division is just going to be the Dodgers reigning supreme once again. So welcome your the card uh, or the Dod- the D backs did some stuff too. So I don't know. I wouldn't rule them out. Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean that's fair, but I I don't know. I welcome our Dodger overlords back to the top of the. And all West because I don't like the Diamondbacks. I never have. Why not? I never will. Paul Goldschmidt's a very likable guy. I very because like they Paul had Goldschmidt. they had Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling at the same time, yes. and I didn't think that was very fair. And you're Luis so, Gonzalez. You're so bitter, Patrick. 
Yeah, that's it's like 10 it's years true, ago. I am. <laughs> All right, let's close the book on trades here. Um, I just want to point out one thing. Patrick, who was it that said the Blue Jays were going to sweep the Minnesota Twins last week? <laughs> Look, I got the Osuna thing right. I just can't right. remember. I, don't, I can't I don't remember who said that. I can't remember. Was it someone, one of our listeners in Montana? Was it one of them? <laughs> Didn't you and no, I think that we, we, do have a, we do have a ton of listeners in Montana, oh, so it might have been one of them. The but I can't remember who said that. <laughs> yes, I said we'd go five and zero, oh, and we ended up going two and three. We got shit kicked against Minnesota. Yeah, I've never seen close. the Jays play that bad this year, especially like, at home. It was really, really tough to watch. Uh, we're just gonna ignore it. Not great, Bob. Yeah, let's just kind of go past the Twin series. Uh, let's not talk about the <laughs> Oakland game yesterday as well, because holy shit. Uh, against the White Sox. Let's go though. talk about the White Sox. <laughs> let's talk about this White Sox series. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit, but really, let's just talk about Guriel Jr. Because I mean, when you tie shoeless on. Joe Jackson for a record, you know a you're doing something right. Record, yeah. yeah. So good for him, Guriel Jr. Um, yeah, eleven straight multi-hit games as a rookie. That's crazy. That's an unreal stat. Yeah. Sucks that he gets hurt. I mean, like classic. We don't really Jays. know. It's an ankle and a knee sprain, mm-hmm. but no one. All, all we've been told is that, the, as Guriel said, his ankle feels worse than his knee. Well, the one thing is it's a knee <laughs> bruise, apparently. Yeah. And knee bruises can be yeah. tricky. They are. Like, as it's just, like, it's not a real, like, it's an in-between of, like, a, a meaty part of the body and a yeah. bony part of the body. Like, it's both. So, like, yeah. you never know how a bruise is going to heal. If you mm-hmm. get a bruise on your shin, you know, it's it's going to be there a while. But yeah. even a meaty part of your body, it's, it'll, it'll yeah, heal whatever. relatively you, quick, you know? So, it's just, you, you never it. know with a knee bruise. Yeah. It just sucks that he's on a tear and then he gets hurt like this. Yeah. Um, Guriel Jr., does another Blue Jay rookie remind you of this guy, or has he set the bar for Blue Jay record or Blue Jay rookies now? In terms of this record, um, the fact that we saw him earlier in the season and he didn't look that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he since he's been back, obviously he's been on a freaking tear. Mm-hmm. Batting for 500 in his recent yeah. call-up. So, I mean, what can you say about that? Not a lot. That's pretty freaking impressive. Uh, no, I'm – as far as rookie standout performances to start, I mean, we saw Aaron Sebia with a great first game. Yeah. And even Brett Laurie had a good start. But we've always – we've we've seen a lot of guys come up. Like, Eric, Eric Hinsky still has the best Blue Jays rookie season so that's in what my I was lifetime. Say. Yeah. But if, if we saw Guriel, obviously nobody can do this for a full year. Mm. That's crazy talk. But I think he would kind of rival Eric Hinsky's season over over the course of a full year, and hopefully we get to see him for a full season next year. Mm-hmm. We likely will. Hopefully about, we get to see more it, of him soon. What about Jose Cruz Jr.? Because I believe his rookie year was with Toronto, was it not? Yeah. Let's look that up. Because I remember Jose Cruz Jr. being a stud when he was a kid for the Jays. Yeah, he but was But he had great. that one year, and that was it. It seems like the Jays rookies always have one good year, mm-hmm. and then they're done. Do you think that's the case? And Patrick will ask you because Justin's looking something up. Yeah. Do you think that'll be the case for Guriel Jr.? Do you think he's going to pull a Hinsky or a Cruz Jr. or something like that? No. I think that we're seeing what Guriel is capable of right now. It is really, really hard to do what he's doing it's right now, what he's already done. Yeah. We cannot understate that enough. Mm-hmm. He's tie- He tied... A 107-year-old Major League Baseball record, meaning the thousands of players who have played since Shoeless Joe Jackson, who should be in the Hall of Fame, by yeah. the way. Uh, it's a, I just it's it's blowing my mind. I called it 
uh, earlier in the year, I had my hot take where I said he was going to be an all-star next year. We're seeing it now. Yeah, we are. The, the, it's it, All of our chickens are coming home to roost, I guess you could say. <laughs> all of our prospects and good you young players are starting to do what, what we yeah. want to see them do. It's exciting. <laughs> farm fish. That's all you farm. Yeah, don't be talking about farming to a couple prairie boys over here. <laughs> so I have the Jose Cruz Jr. info. Yeah. So he, he debuted in 1997. Started the year with Seattle, played 49 games, and then was dealt to us, where he played 55 games. He finished second in Rookie of the Year voting. Okay. So you were correct that he did have a solid year. He finished with 248 average, uh, 26 homers. His OPS was 814. Wow. So, I mean, pretty good start for a rookie in uh, 104 games mm. only as well. He missed. He didn't play in 58 games. Um, yeah, and that, that was one of his better years in the bigs for sure. So I mean, yeah, that's another another good Blue Jay rookie who, albeit wasn't a full season with us, but yeah. was a great year. Who would you say is having? And this might be an obvious answer, but to me, I think it is the not obvious answer. Who do you think is having the more exciting rookie season? Is it Ryan Barucki, who has been killing it, and we need pitching. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of exciting to see a young Jays pitcher killing it right now because we yeah. need starting pitching or is it Gurriel Jr.? Who are um, you more excited about? I'm more excited about Gurriel. I'm I'm surprised by the uh, success that Baraki's having. Okay. Pleasantly surprised. Happily surprised. Not shocked. Um, I do remember that I wanted Sean Reed Foley instead. Mm-hmm. But now that we do not have a left-handed pitcher besides Ryan Baraki in our rotation, it's important that he's there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's been outstanding. I mean, we saw two great starts for him this past week. Uh, he's only had that one Ralph outing, and it was against was it against Boston? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough team to play yeah. against for anybody. Uh, yeah. So I I'm think I think Guriel's having a better <laughs> season, but Barucki has been awesome. I would say I'm more excited for Barucki because mm-hmm. we have a lot of depth in our minors sure. system right yeah. now with a bunch of players. So again, another awesome outfielder, infielder kind of guy, or mm-hmm. infielder, I guess, for Guriel Jr. But, um, I mean, we do not have a lot of great pitching prospects. So when I started to now. see Ryan Barucki, that's the thing, we do now with Barucki and Sean Reed Foley and these guys, but when I started to see Ryan Barucki throw, I was like, wow, we got another young guy that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that we had a lot of young guys that were going to be good when it came to pitching. So I'm more excited about Barucki than Guriel Jr., even yeah. with the week or two that he's had. What about you, Patrick? Oh man, you you're both making some really good points here. I just I can't get over the fact that Guriel is currently tied yeah with a record that is 107 years yeah, old. That's, nuts. that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. We talk about but that being the said, hit streak too, right? And like, this yeah. is another record that was like almost untouchable for yeah. a while. <laughs> yep. That that being said, um, Ryan Baraki is. What he's doing is also very, very exciting, probably because we didn't expect it from him as much as we expected it from someone like Guriel or Guerrero or Bichette. Uh, Barucki obviously was a highly touted prospect of ours, but the fact that he jumped up into MLB and what's his FIP right now, Justin? Do you, do well, you hear a computer? You must have the stats yeah, somewhere. I'm on, a, I'm on his Fangraphs page, of course. Uh, <laughs> his ERA is 283. FIP is 250. His XFIP is 424. But as mentioned last week, he hasn't given up a home run yet. And XFIP uses the average 
11.5% home runs per fly ball. So, I mean, yeah. once he gives up a home run, that, that number is going to change a little bit. But, I mean, he's pitching incredibly well, to say the least. I don't think we've seen a left-handed starter uh, start with us like this in a long time. No, and no. the thing he's doing I, I really well is I he's can't not think walking. of a lefty pitcher yeah. who really is doing what he's doing right now. Not, a, not one game. of our young homegrown guys anyway. No. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's not walking people. He's walking less than three per nine, which is awesome. Striking out about seven, which is his career average. Uh, his He's actually getting hit around pretty well, a 342 clip on the BABIP. Uh, but he's stranding runners. He's getting close to 50% ground balls, and yeah, he hasn't given up a home run yet. So, I mean, as long as he can limit the the contact, he's probably going to do fine as a big league starter. And so far, um, his contact numbers are really solid. So, good for him. I'm pumped. All right, that was kind of the week that was. Uh, again, we're never going to talk about that twin series again. And because um, that was horrible, I again, I just can't get over how bad we looked in that twin series. Yeah, it was really, really bad. <laughs> uh, so we talked about the trades, we talked about the Jays, we kind of touched on the week that was. We talked about Guriel Jr. Uh, we're gonna have a little fun here now. Let's do it uh, with our Blue Jay uh, dream lineup. This is our roundtable discussion today. Uh, our dream Blue Jays lineup. We can pick any player from any era in Blue Jay history, and we're going to make the dream lineup. And this is them in their prime. Mm-hmm. And I see your guys' lineup. I haven't put mine in yet. It's going to be a no, little bit of a surprise. No, we're surprised by now, yours. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to go a little bit off the board with of some of these. Of course you here's are. The th- like, we all know that some are obvious. You know? yeah, I'm just yeah, going yeah. to kind of joke with some and kind of go that way. But I think we can all agree. First baseman, Carlos Delgado. Yeah. Round the board. Let's go Let's go position by position okay, around, so the, around the field. Okay, so with all of us first baseman, yeah. Carlos Delgado, right? Everybody's got to have Carlos. I mean... Does anyone else compete with Carlos for first base? No. No. Not a, not in a Blue Jays uniform. Overbay? Like, mm. that's the only name that comes to mind, and that's yeah. bad when that's the only name that comes to mind. John Olderwood was great. Johnny O, yeah. Johnny O was awesome. He's yeah. one of our franchise leaders in, in defensive runs. Saved, yeah. So. Uh, second base, again, Roberto Alomar... Our Hall of Famer. <laughs> I know he's our Hall of Famer, but I again I gotta pick Alomar. You can't. He's probably yeah. the greatest Jay. But man, do I want to pick Orlando Hudson for second base. Oh, the O Dog. I, I love, love the O Dog. The O Dog. O Dog was you couldn't understand a goddamn word <laughs> no. that came out of his mouth. His post game interviews. So happy all the time. Were, were he's hilarious. the best. Like everyone says, oh yeah, I couldn't understand Minori Kawasaki. I could understand Kawasaki <laughs> better than Homer Bush. Yeah. Homer Bush was the fastest talker. He was the best fielder. He was so yeah. good at second base. Not a bad leadoff guy, and just a good guy in the community. Mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. sucks that we got a guy like Alomar as our second baseman. But I think second. Is Orlando Hudson? Yeah. Aaron Hill is another guy that might be a second base. Those are my top three. candidate. I think yeah. those are our top three. Are we missing anyone there, Patrick? No, nobody that I can think of. I, I think our the best Jay of all time has got to be Roberto Alomar, and it's it it's it it's close in some places. Yeah. But if on the Mount Rushmore of the Toronto Blue Jays, Delgado and Alomar are the hitters, mm-hmm. for sure. I am saying that Homer Bush is also up there too because I just liked Homer you Bush. Like he was Homer. only there for like a year. It's a hell of a name. Whatever. Uh, shortstop. Yeah, this is where things get interesting a bit. Patrick's going Tulo. I know. You gotta I explain, have to do it, man. You gotta yeah, explain. Why are you picking Tulo? Yeah. I don't even care that he played like not even two full seasons with us. I love Tulo. 
And look, Tony Fernandez is great. Um, I just, I can't. I got to go with Tula. I got to go with my heart. Yeah, and but it's, it's see, when, I, when I did this, I picked guys who played well when they were in Blue Jay uniforms. I, Tulo I d- played well. Yeah. I wouldn't say he played great, but he played he well. He didn't play better than Tony Fernandez did in a Blue Jay uniform. Well, Are you Tony kidding Fernandez me? Tony Fernandez was great. Yeah, he's the best Blue Jay shortstop of all time. Well, according to you on your list, yeah. <laughs> I would say that your criticism for Tulo isn't warranted. I would say Tulo is, again, a top three pick for shortstop for the Jays. I don't even know how to put him top three. I just think his star power is up there, too, because it's Troy Tulowitzki, and the Jays never have shortstops like that. I went purely based on on on-field performance and the time they were in Blue Jay uniforms. And since he's been in the Blue Jay uniform, if it was Colorado Rockies, Troy Tulowitzki, he's number one pick. Okay, but who else then than Tulo and Tony Fernandez are you going to put? Alex for... Gonzalez was great for the Blue Jays. Alex Gonzalez. Oh, my God. He was so overrated. How about Russ Adams, my boy? I was just about to say <laughs> Russ Adams. Probably the, one of the biggest busts in Blue Jays oh, history. Oh, man. That's poor guy. I mean, I feel bad for him. Um, uh, we're missing one guy, and Ricky I can't Henderson? believe. Absolutely not. Uh, we're missing Johnny Mack. <laughs> and Johnny Mack is my pick for the all-time lineup. Johnny Mack was a vacuum. Nothing got by him, guys. Remember watching Johnny Mack highlights? Like, before there were Kevin Pillar highlights, there were Johnny Mack highlights. And the one thing is, Johnny Mack was uh, he was a suitcase. He traveled around a lot in the mm-hmm, league. Mm-hmm. But Johnny Mack, I mean, remember his uh, grand slam that he hit that one time? And yeah. how the remember bench, the Father's Day home run after his dad passed away? Nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah, everyone was like, Johnny Mack, man, hit a home run. How come you guys don't like Johnny Mack? I love Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac was what probably top three of my favorite Jays he's not of all time. A, he's not an all-star, though. No, he's not. He's not an all-time dream Blue Jays yeah, roster guy. Yeah, he is guy. for his fielding. Come I would say Because, again, Tony Fernandez, one thing, yeah, I hated the way that Tony Fernandez Spicy batted. Takes here. And it wasn't like he was, you know, overly huge all-star numbers and stuff like that. He was really good. Okay. And, again, too yeah. low, whatever. They're just, there isn't enough shortstops in Jays history that are good. So that's why you got to put Johnny Mac in there. The... The thing I'll give you on John McDonald is he is tied with Aaron Hill for eighth all time on defensive war for the yeah. Blue Jays, but okay. Tony Fernandez is by and far away number one on that mm-hmm. list, which is why I picked him because the shortstop's got to defend. Yeah, Tony Fernandez also fifth place in all time Blue Jays batting average, first in games so played. You went by stats. We're I went, with I went by guys man. who were good when they were in Blue Jay uniforms. I think that's important for an all time Blue Jays dream lineup. I'm yeah. not going to pick a guy like I. Say what? If, what if I was the biggest Alex Rios fan? I'm not. But what if I loved <laughs> Alex Rios? And I said Alex Rios is the best right fielder in Blue Jays history. You yeah. guys would think I was crazy before his home run derby. Just yeah. because I like After the guy, I derby. love John McDonald too. But I don't think he's the best anywhere near the top shortstop discussion in Blue Jays history. Defensively, yes. Okay. But overall, not even close. All right, let's move on to third base. Obviously, it's Corey Koski around the board, right? Do we even need to discuss it even more? Okay, no? I, had, I, I had a tough time not picking Koski. Why? I was a joke. Corey Koski was, was good. horrible for the, the guy. Jays, man. He was good, so bad. He's a good Canadian boy. I'd rather put Scott Rowland on I this pick, list. I picked the Gruber. Corey Koski. Yeah, Kelly Gruber's classic. <laughs> Like, was Groobs a good hitter, though? He was he was all right. I yeah. remember him, again, he was kind of like Johnny Mack, a vacuum on third base. He was mm-hmm. really, really good playing the hot corner. And he did take that, make that triple play. Yeah, I'm looking at Patrick's list, Josh Donaldson. Again, he did have the MVP year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, again, yeah, his second year was pretty good, too. But, again, two years, does that warrant, would you say, being on this list? Uh, well, that's why I put him on my list. Let me make the pitch first. Okay? <laughs> I want I want you guys to be honest with me, okay? Since 1993, has there been a more 
exciting season than 2015 no. and 2016. Not even and close. If, right how it is 20, 2003 if, Cy Young. I love that if year. The, no, no. Uh, <laughs> if I'm right about that, and I know that I am because you guys just agreed with me, <laughs> who was the leader of that team that made those seasons possible? And the answer, Josh Donaldson. Hmm, the bringer of rain. Yeah. He is I think I'm just so sour right now basement. because of Donaldson's recent issues. I think I'm kind of soured by that. I think Edwin was the better player on those teams. And it's kind of weird that we didn't bring up Edwin for first base because of Carlos Delgado. But I think we can all agree he's going to be our DH when we come around. Maybe mm-hmm. not. We'll see. But um, I think Edwin, just because you know of his english barriers he doesn't really speak english that well and because of jose batista kind of being like uh a little bit more of a i'm better than the team kind of guy i think josh was kind of the leader of those teams even though he was the new guy on the block yeah and that that does it does bring up a pretty good point he was the guy firing (laughs) up the boys uh stroman was still a little too young our whole pitching staff was really too young other than burley you can maybe make the argument that burley might have been one of the guys on that team to uh really be uh be a leader but i think um I think Patrick hit the nail on the head there. Josh was our leader those two seasons, and yeah. he came up clutch many a times for the boys. So I like Josh Donaldson on there. I just can't think of another third baseman outside of Gruber or Donaldson that I would throw out there. Again, Roland, Koski, two years. some bad – again, those bad Gloss Blue Jay times. We have, like, during those bad Blue Jay days, we didn't really have good third basemen. So I'm putting Josh at uh, third, too. Yeah, like, I mean, in terms of guys who played with us long-term, we had Ed Sprague, who was yeah. mediocre at best, Yeah, uh, offensively anyway. Yeah. Rance Mullenix played a bit there, and then he switched to DH. Um, but that's in the 80s. So, I mean, I... I what about Paul like, Molitor? Paul, oh, Molitor yeah, Paul Molitor was not a third baseman. He was... Um, he DH'd for us. Okay, but his other his his position would have been third, though, but he was a DH. Yeah, right? he played the most games in his Blue Jays tenure at... Third, uh, DH. So, yeah, that's why I did Yeah, okay, that's fair. All yeah. right, let's move to outfielders here. We're not going to pick left field, out, right field, center field. Are we just picking three outfielders? Yeah, three outfielders. All right, Justin. Okay, yeah. um, do we all have George Bell on our list? I know Patrick and I do. Again, mine is yep. off the board, so I'm not going George Bell okay. because I have a fan favorite for me. All right, so George Bell. He is, again, one of the top five <laughs> Jays of all time. I understand that. Yeah. Um, also on... I think Patrick and I, do we both have... No, I went off. We're different now. So I have Jesse Barfield, who... I, I love watching old video of Jesse Barfield play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a good pick. He was I quite like a personality. Um, I wanted to pick Lloyd Mosby, uh, but I had to leave him off in favor of my boy uh, Devon White. I love also love watching yeah. old Devo highlights. Um, still, I think, uh, the best center fielder um, to play in the uh, years that we won. He played with us for two World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played with us for five years. And honestly, um, he had some of the, he had the second highest offensive war on our team the year we won the 92 World Series, which is pretty impressive when you think since we had guys like Alomar and Carter and Dave Winfield on the team. Um, so I picked, I picked Devo for his offensive and fielding prowess. Those are my three guys that have Bell... Uh, Barfield and Devo. So Patrick, you had George Bell, so we won't uh, get into well, that. Let me let me say my list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're cutting into my list, Clayton. <laughs> no, I was then I was gonna say your other two. What are they? My other two are, of course, Jose Bautista. 
and the long-forgotten, perhaps overrated, Vernon Wells. When the chips were down during our lean years or the years where we were okay but not great, Vernon Wells was a star in the outfield, and he hit the crap out of the ball. And that's what I remember about the lean years is Vernon Wells and just how damn good he was at the plate. Yeah. And then he signed that giant god-awful contract. <laughs> and credit Alex Anthopoulos for getting rid of that contract. Somehow, somewhere. Somehow he got rid of that contract. The I Angels don't know are notorious how. for that. Josh Hamilton, yeah. Albert Pujols, they just pick up all these big-ass contracts. Because they need something to compete with LA down there. Because they're like, hey, come to Anaheim, everyone. Yeah. We have Josh Hamilton. Yay. Yeah, yeah I, I like the Vernon Wells pick, Patrick. I mean, his his 2003 season, the most exciting year in Blue Jays history since 1993, mm-hmm. when Roy Holiday won the Cy Young. Vernon Wells finished eighth in MVP voting. He was an all-star and won the Silver Slugger. He had a couple gold gloves, did he not? Uh, yeah, in 04 and 05, yeah. and also 06. Yep. He won three in a row. He also was an all-star in 06. Um, he will go down as one of the most underrated Jays. Yeah. Unappreciated, I mean, He I finished his career with a... With a 270 batting average and i mean that's that's good <laughs> um like he played in uh how many games did he play in quite a few uh 1731 games over 15 years good for him so i mean the guy was a long tenured guy mm-hmm. and he played well and i mean he played great defense for us in the lean years yes so okay well make your case for jose batista then here Patrick. yeah why you pick jose he's not a good outfielder he's a good batter not a good outfielder. yeah i mean that's the thing is like i need somebody in the in right field and I needed to pick somebody who I knew wasn't going to be on the other lists. Yeah, you wanted a bopper, was... too. You wanted a guy who draws walks, because that's your thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. He drew, he drew walks. He had great uh, eyes at the plate. And honestly, that home run, that's where our podcast got its name. So yeah. how could I not put Jose Batista on my list? Like, I just, I, I can't. I can't justify picking Devon White when just I knew I knew he wasn't going to be on anybody else's list Fair and enough. it it needed to be said. Mm-hmm. I had, bat flip man. I had him on mine originally. And now that I'm thinking about it, this is the toughest one too because there have been a lot of good Blue Jay outfielders. Outfielders, yeah. Um, I have Devon White on there because Devon White could track down any ball. Any ball. He was the fastest outfielder at the time. Yeah. Anything hit in his general direction, he was going to get it. That's the theme on my team. Good defense. You got Johnny Mack. You got all these guys that can play D. Uh, so Devon White's on there. But can they get on base? Uh, who cares? Moneyball <laughs> over here. Whatever. Um, I loved Shannon Stewart. Yeah, I thought good. Shannon Stewart is one of the most unappreciated Blue Jays. Do you have the uh, bookmark from Shannon Stewart from like the early 2000s that was given out the book? Oh fair? yeah, I remember yeah. those. And like Shannon Stewart <laughs> was just such a nice guy. You never heard a lot of about him off the field or anything like no. that. But he was just so consistent, and he never had to worry about Shannon Stewart. Mm-hmm. He had the name, he had the baseball look, and again, I'm going off the board. I I would probably pick someone else. But I just I had a soft spot for Shannon Stewart, just like I had a soft spot for Johnny Mack. The other outfield, I can't decide between Vernon Wells, Jose Batista, and um, Kevin Pillar. I can't decide between those three for that last spot. It's tied for me. Because, like, Vernon Wells, again, during the shitty days, Vernon Wells was the reason you watched Blue Jay baseball. Kevin Pillar has an amazing highlight reel and he also has a couple of clutch hits. He also has a little yeah, like bit of a little bit of a black mark on his Reputation with the Jays, the whole racial slur kind of thing. Well, not the yeah, that's, slur. I think yeah. that's over. I think that's over. I think that's over. I don't think about that anymore. But, like, it's Batista, man. Like, 
Yeah. I think you got to give it to Jose Batista over Vernon Wells in Fair a situation enough. like that. Just because Jose went to the playoffs, Jose has the moments, Jose has the home runs. Yeah. I mean, Vernon Wells does too, but... Patrick, I mean, the spicy boy with uh, Bautista and Vernon Wells. I, I like the Vernon Wells pick a lot, Patrick. I do, I do. Uh, what about catchers, guys? I'll let Patrick go first because he thinks we're cutting into his time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I I couldn't think of anybody aside from Russell Martin. Ooh. And with, that's I don't know if that's sad that or... It's very sad. Like, I... I don't know. I, I don't come from the school of Darren Fletcher or Greg Zahn. I, again, um, the most exciting baseball that I've watched uh, in the last 20-something years as a Jays fan has included Russell Martin behind the plate. So mm-hmm. I got to give it to him. Yeah, his bat in the playoffs has been less than exciting. But you, Russell Martin, he... At, at the time when we got him, he was one of the best game callers in the league. Um, in terms of what he does working with pitchers, he's second to none in team history. I just, yeah, he was probably better before he came to us, but it's kind of a combination of a sentimental pick, but also what he brings to the team beyond what he did at, you know, at the plate. Right. I'm looking at uh, Justin's right now, and Justin, you might have some explaining behind this one. I went with Ernie Witt. <clears throat> I mean, he's the uh, longest tenure Blue Jay catcher in terms of consecutive years with the most starts. He started with the Jays as their starting catcher from 1980 all the way until 1989. So, I mean, they didn't win anything in those years, but they did have some great teams. Uh, in terms of production, Ernie Witt was never a negative uh, producer like we were seeing from Russell Martin this year every year he contributed something pos- positive to the team and he's also now the manager of the Canadian National Baseball team yep. so I mean props to Ernie um, he's born in Detroit um, he did be with Boston and I mean he's in the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame and also the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame so he, he had a he, he had a great impact on Canadian baseball I just don't remember him as a J well I mean he was like he last played for us in '89. Yeah, so it's so before our time. Before four years before I was born. Yeah. So I mean, but I always look at lists and highlights and all these things and and the the stats. I I actually went pretty in depth with uh the, my catcher pick because I didn't want to pick Russell Martin because of how bad he is right now. Um, I did and I loathe Greg's on. Yeah. And those are two, the, the two guys I remember outside of Fletcher and Aaron Sevia and yeah. Benji Molina for a year. Um, in my lifetime. So I, I, I look deep into like starting pitching stats and like catchers kind of c- contributions into that. Yeah. And Ernie Witt was a great game caller, great defensive catcher. So I, I picked, I picked that my catcher based on, on that rather than choosing from somebody who I actually lived to see. You looking into the stats that never I went, happens. It's I so went deep weird. for, I went deep for my catcher pick. This is the one that I thought the most about. I, I took me a long time to pick an outfielder, Corey, just because of how many guys there are. Yeah. And for catcher, it was hard for me to not pick Ernie Witt once I looked into the stats. I'd say Fletch. 
I'd I say like, Darren Fletcher. He was my second pick. Yeah, he's the safe pick, I yeah. think, for Darren Fletcher. Because Darren Fletcher, a lot, of, catcher. a lot of Jays fans know him. He was a solid catcher. I yeah. think he was just very solid. Yeah. Uh, JPR and Sebia maybe had stretches where he was better, but JPR and Sebia yeah. was also worse like 90% of the time. Yeah, he was just, he's the He's the uh, second member of the Cement Head. Yeah, the Jays, I think we can all agree, <laughs> catcher has not been... No. Kind to them in the past. Please, we have Danny Jansen, save yeah, us. We haven't really had a lot of uh, great catchers historically. Uh, starting pitcher, there's a bunch to pick from. Oh, my God. But there's two in particular. Yeah. And we're going to have a pretty good debate about this one, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Patrick, you go first. I like your pick. Uh, I'm going to preface this pick by saying it would not be interesting if we all picked the same starting yeah. pitcher. I kind of picked um, mine based on yours. <laughs> I, I I I literally deliberately picked this pitcher because I knew I like you and I everybody out there who's listening knows who the starting pitcher should be, but I picked Dave Steve because he was there for so long. And he was good. Team, yeah, he was awesome. damn good. The fact that uh, you know we remember the guys like. Um, Pat Hankton or um, who else in like the 90s? Josh I Towers. Get Jimmy Key. I'm just kidding, by the way. That it, was a joke. It, Jimmy, Jimmy Key, guys like that. But like in the 80s, when we had er, guys like Ernie Witt yeah. behind the plate, we had Dave Steeb who went out there. Oh, I'm sorry. And was Ernie Witt behind like the plate for some of Dave Steeb's innings? <laughs> Like, the guy was ridiculous. You're just solidifying my catcher pick right now, Patrick. Yeah, but Darren Fletcher was back there during the Kelvin Escobar years, so <laughs> basically the exact same thing. Like, whatever. No, uh, oh. the thing is, uh, Steve hung around long enough to be a part of one of the World Series wins. And True. what a per- – I mean, it wasn't the complete end of his career. It was pretty Although close, it was – probably the end of his career as an effective pitcher. It was. That's not meant to be disrespectful. It's just reality. By that point, he was old, and it was just a rapid decline after 1990. But I digress. Um, When you look back uh, at what best represented the Jays uh, until we won the World Series, in my mind, it's Dave Steeb, and it's what he was able to do out on the mound, the endurance that this guy had, the mm-hmm. way he was able to pitch for well over 200 innings so many times in his career. You know, one year, he actually pitched 288 innings. He had 19 complete games that year. Five shutouts. That was 82. Yeah, that was back we, in the day. When and he wasn't an all-star that year. He was seven, a seven-time all-star. He finished fourth in Cy Young that year, but he wasn't an all-star. Interesting. I mean, that's... That's uncanny. I mean, I That's think Ferguson of. Jenkins might have also been a warhorse oh, like Fergie that, where was, he would yeah. get out there and he would log like close to three hundred mm-hmm. innings a season. That was it a was different time, like... though. They didn't have these. They didn't have seven single inning relievers on a team. Yeah, yeah. It's just in, very impressive. His career stats are are very good. I I don't know. Just like Steve is almost like it's such a shame that it was. You know, his success happened before the team saw success. Yeah, true. He's, uh, he's kind of the reason that we had success, though, when you think about it. Yeah. He built, he kind of, yeah. it's the house that Dave Steve built, and essentially that that contending and, and that mentality of winning was kind of, he was one of the guys who brought that about. 
All right, that's Justin. that's exactly the way that I see him. But yeah. I mean, let's talk about who really is the starting pitcher choice. And see, I, I don't think that you made the wrong pick at all. Um, this is kind of one of those those positions where you could pick two or three guys. It's one A one B. One A one B. Yeah. Um, Roy Halladay, the doc. Yeah. And I mean, this see, in contrast to my catcher pick where I researched it meticulously. This was the first guy like I, I it's like I'm not there's not a doubt in my mind I'm picking Ray Holiday. And you don't need to research him because you, you watched him you so know, much that you just know. I, I when I started watching Blue Jays baseball, I was about six. It was it was ninety nine. So it was the year that Roy Holiday stuck around with the team for the full season. Yeah. Um and he honestly he he wasn't he wasn't the best pitcher until about oh two when he really figured it out. And I remember every five days being so excited to watch this guy work. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, that you would hand him the ball, and we expected him to go nuttings every time. Every and time. When, and every time that the manager would come out, be it Buck Martinez or John Gibbons or whoever it was at the time, he would look just pissed off. Like, why the hell are you here? Yeah. He like, went ten innings a couple times. He had a ten inning loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Ugh. I do remember it was a one nothing loss, and he also had ten inning win. Yeah. Sometime around that time as well. But I mean, uh, let me see here: one, two, three, four, five, six. All star appearances as a Blue Jay, maybe seven All Star appearances as a Jay. He won a Cy Young Award, finished in the top five three other times, and he won another one at the Phillies. He was close in MVP voting a few times. I mean, the, the guy, R.I.P. Doc, but I mean, maybe the best pitcher of the first decade of the 2000s who pitched for that full tenure. Obviously, Roger Clemens is in there too, mm-hmm. and a couple of other people like Randy Johnson. Um, who Patrick detests apparently because he pitched for the Kurt Schilling in Arizona at the same time, <laughs> but but I mean that those 2002 and 2003 seasons watching the Doc every day, I can still remember that grainy TV quality and like sitting down yeah. on the couch with my dad and my sister and watching Roy Halladay pitch when games were still on CBC on Sunday afternoons. Yeah, yeah, and they had That's Jamie, right. Jamie Campbell was the freaking Blue Jays commentator yeah. back then. I, yeah. I remember those, and Matt Devlin would come on every once in a while, and like the the fact that like I can remember those so vividly. And I love Vernon Wells, but there aren't too many Vernon Wells highlights that I remember. I remember when he hit the, that monster home run, mm-hmm. and some off Windows Restaurant. I can remember Delgado's big games, but like Roy Halladay. I could I could watch a game and I could probably tell you what pitch was coming next. Yeah. If I watched it now, a highlight of it, that's how much like this guy meant everything to the Blue Jays. See, for me, it's hard to keep Roger Clemens off this list. It is. Roger Clemens only played two years with the Jays, but, but they he won were great two years. Cy Youngs. <laughs> yeah. He the first time he came back to Boston and everyone oh, was man. giving him the years. He had sixteen strikeouts <laughs> that day. He didn't care. He had sixteen he strikeouts. He was just like he was so good. Like I just remember like. For I've never seen Doc. <laughs> Actually, I have seen Doc be as dominant as Clemens. Yeah. But when Clemens was on the mound for the Jays, it was over. And again, <laughs> like over. with Doc, that was the case. But it was more because the Jays were just so bad that you never knew that yeah. they were going to lose one nothing or something like that. At least the Jays back in 98, 97, when he was there, at least they had a little bit of pop in their bat and they had yeah. some kind of talent around them, you know? Do you know how many Cy Youngs that... Uh, Clemens won in his career. Two, or he won seven. Yeah, and then two of them. Yeah, both years in Toronto, both years Cy Youngs, and then he left to New York. But and whatever. Got a couple more. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I know that Clemens doesn't belong on the list because Steve and Halliday were there longer, and they were just as good as Clemens. You can't discount the numbers he put up you though in those two years. You can't just ignore Clemens, no. even though it was only for two years. He almost struck out three hundred batters in in ninety seven. He might have <laughs> the best two years in Blue Jay pitching baseball history. 
the best two consecutive. Yeah, the, be- I, the best two consecutive. Yeah, years. I'd put him out right out. Him and Docs, Docs two oh two oh three, and Clemens ninety seven ninety eight. Everyone kind of forgets about Clemens Jaziers. Yeah, it's just there was there was only two of them. Yeah, but, but they I mean, were so dominant. He really used it as kind of a a stepping stone to launch his big money years. I yeah. mean, he he had two gr- two or three great years with Boston, and a, and a few other ones where he was good, but his his win loss record, which we looked at back then, wasn't great. Yeah. Um, and then when he goes twenty one and seven and twenty and six with the Jays, that was his career right yeah. there. It propelled him to bigger and better things with the Yankees. Patrick, do you think that this praise for Clemens is warranted, or are you? Are oh you yeah, gonna, yeah. No, he dominated. Yeah. He he was the most dominant pitcher in that those two years. Mm-hmm. It's just not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. But there was only the two only... years. That's the crappy thing. Yeah. But yeah. The thing it's is he... only two years, and he kind of. I don't. I don't know if he really speaks very fondly of his time in Toronto. If he even talks about I've it at all, most most people poorly. remember him as a a, a, a Red Sox or a Yankee or whatever. But I I agree. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't be included in this list just because of just the sheer fire firepower he gave a Blue Jays team that was slowly declining after winning the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that him going to New York maybe tarnished it a bit, going to a division rival? Um, if we're being honest, it does. Uh, it shouldn't, but it does. It does, I think. I mean... It's the Yankees. We fucking hate the Yankees. They're the worst. Yeah. Like, whenever Jays go to the Yankees, it sucks. Because it's just like, yeah, we'll totally develop your players and you can poach them and pay more money than us. Cool. Yeah, I'm so I, I sick think, of that. I think Jay Haps can be one of the... Blue Jays to get because he got he got traded right. It's different yeah. than than free agency, um, but he's gonna get a warm reception if if he pitches against us at some point. Yeah. Um, but Clemens, forty six hundred and seventy two strikeouts over his twenty four year career. Yeah, crazy, unbelievable, just crazy. Okay, let's talk about yeah. some relievers here. Um, are you guys doing right hand, left hand? Yeah, or we went, we went with a we went with a right hand or a left hand or a okay. closer. So okay. we have three relievers in yeah. total. Gotcha. I'm just wondering if it was two relief guys or whatever. Yeah. So uh, let's see your right handed pitcher first. Uh, we both have Paul Quintrill, I believe, don't we, Patrick? That's right. I uh, definitely deserving of this spot. If mm-hmm. you look at the all time history of relief pitchers in Toronto, spoiler alert: it's not really that great outside of the closer role. And what Paul Quantrill was able to do that one season where he was an all-star, yeah. I think it justifies his spot on this list. Plus, he has a cool last name, and he was on the the team during like a bit of a downtime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was just he was really fun to watch the year that he was an all-star. That was yeah, oh one. He played in eighty games that year. Uh, he had started his career as a starting pitcher. Yep. And then we transitioned him to a relief pitcher in '97. And the rest was history, really. I mean, from 01 to 04, he appeared in no less than 86 games, and his ERA was never higher than 4.72 with the Yankees in 04. But, I mean, he was still very reliable. There were a couple of years. He almost touched 100 innings that year as a reliever for the Yankees. Which um, is intense. That's very, very intense. His FIP, very high. Or very good, sorry. Um, ERA plus is that we don't talk about much, but... One year, the league average was 100, and he had a 232 ERA+, which is an advanced stat for another day. But the guy was like the be- maybe the best right-handed reliever in baseball Yeah. in terms of middle relief. 
from for the, like those four years. I think it's Quantrill too. Is it Quantrill or Quantrill? I say Quantrill. I say Quantrill. I don't yeah. know why. Quantrill. But it's Quantrill. Quantrill. Oh, Quantrill. Quantrill. Okay. Yeah, I think the sure. only other guy, maybe Jason Fraser. Yeah, in terms of consistency. Yeah, I and a, just I longevity. Like but yeah, Jason yeah. Fraser. But the thing is with the Jays bullpen, so much turnover over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And that's how it is with relievers. Like we can go off like Scott Schoenweiss and all these <laughs> fucking guys who <laughs> have played for us. Yeah, Myers. I know he was left-handed. Yeah, like all like Brian Tallett. Like Brian we could Tallett. we could go off on Blue Jay relievers. Yep. Would we consider Escobar a reliever because he no. was a reliever at the end of his career with the Jays? I don't think so. No. I don't. I, and he I was lefty too, right? No, he was right-handed. He was pitcher. right-handed. I, I didn't consider him at all in this in this list for relief pitching. Okay, so you, you could. Yeah. Anything else for uh, Quantrill there, Patrick? Mm, not for me. Yeah, he's absolutely deserving of the spot, and yeah. I think we can pretty safely say that he is our our best non-closer reliever that we've had. Yeah. Okay. Left-handed pitcher now, mm-hmm. because. There are a couple, <laughs> but I don't know, Justin. I don't it's know about tough. yours, man. Hey, I'm with Scotty Downs. I mean, he was with Former us. Former Expo. Yeah, exactly. He was with us for five years. Um, his ERA with us was never higher. His first years weren't great, but he in 07, he pitched in 81 games. He was good that year. To a 2.17 ERA. The next year, he followed with a 1.78 ERA in 66 innings. Um. He didn't walk a ton of guys. He didn't strike out a ton of guys. He wasn't like a super glamorous dude, but he got outs. When we needed him to get outs, mm-hmm. he did it. And I, I, I picked him because I couldn't think of another left-handed relief pitcher who played in the prime of their career with us better than Scott Downs. He was good. He was, he good. was, he was very underrated for the Jays. Yeah. Just not a sexy pick, though. And there, to be fair, there aren't really any. Yeah, it's relief pitchers, I guess. Until we get to the closers, I guess there's not really Closer. sexy picks. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, left-handed relief pitcher. I went with BJ Ryan because <laughs> the, the list, closer though. Yeah, he's the, still the list. Reliever, well, the the problem that we run into is when you look at the history of left-handed relievers like in Toronto. It's it's not great. True. Um, BJ. Did okay for us. He had a couple. He had two seasons where he racked up the saves, and that was pretty much all he did his entire career. <laughs> I don't. What happened to him after two thousand and nine? He just started did getting he... rocked. I mean, he got fat. Or <laughs> whatever, remember, whatever it was. I'll remember whenever he blew a save, he would always spit his dip of red man just into the sky. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever he would uh, throw, like whatever, like his, it was always a walk off home run. It yeah. was never like a walk off single. It was always a walk off home run. He'd watch it go and then go, <laughs> and just spit his dip as high as he could in the air. And I was like, oh, BJ. And they always showed it on DSN yeah, too. It was like, time. oh my god. Uh, I would probably say again, like probably BJ Ryan, like because. He was dominant. He was a, he was an all star one year, and he was lights out one year. And again, there's there's yeah. no one else. There's uh, no sexy picks. On the closer, <laughs> closer. I think we all have the same one. Ah, Tommy. It's got to be Tom Hankey, right? Oh man, this Anyone guy disagree? was incredible. Are you changing yours, Patrick? No, I'm not. I'm I uh, about Tom Hankey. The guy was there for us through the world or no, he, he was there for one world series win and then he went to Texas. Yeah. Um, yuck, but Texas, man, I can't say enough nice things about the Terminator. He's yeah. got those funky glasses, those 
giant white, yeah they have like the white kind of like the clear white rims on him too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he was he was really exciting to watch yeah. and he he was actually only 37 when he retired which i mean is fair i mean that's he was still he was still pitching really well so mm-hmm. I mean, he went he went on top which is something i can respect about a about a player look at his career era though 2.67 i know that's not everything but that's as a reliever blah, 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 that's impressive but... Yeah, as a reliever, his career FIP as a reliever is 2.72. Yeah, so he actually was very close. Good old advanced he, stats. Yeah. He garnered MVP votes three times in his career as yeah, a reliever. Yeah, two-time All-Star, that's, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. What about Billy Koch? I know he doesn't come close to yeah. Hanky, guys. I know, but it, it, would Billy Koch be second on your list? Roberto Osuna's not on the list anymore. No. He might have been God. before all of this shit, but He would have been on anymore. the list. He wouldn't have been first. But I think, well, who's number two on the closer list? Billy Koch. Billy Koch. Billy Koch. He had three great years He did, for and he us. had sick style. Yeah, he was a pretty cool dude. I liked his windup. Yeah, and again, that whole story about him in Tampa Bay, I've never heard a crazier story <laughs> in baseball. Oh, you cut me? Well, I'm going to bring my whole kids, like my kids and their birthday party or whatever it was. I'm just going to rip you Was guys that in spring training? One. I might have been spring training like the first yeah. couple weeks or something like that, but man, that was funny. He doesn't have any official stats. He played for Miami. I don't know if that's what you think. Like the Florida Marlins? Was it maybe the Marlins? I thought it was the Rays for some reason. Either or. It's a Florida team with... Yeah minimal fans we are we are missing out on Dwayne ward who would have been yeah. our closer in in 1993 mm-hmm. he had that outstanding year mm-hmm. in uh in 93 where he saved uh 45 games was an all-star top five cy young voter mvp yeah. votes too he was just electric and Did then he... he got really badly hurt yeah that's right so... and that was the end of his career yeah, can yeah. you just imagine he retired at 31 yeah. Some other Can ones, you imagine yeah. what we would have been able to do in the mid to late 90s with a closer as effective as Dwayne Ward was mm-hmm. at his peak, mm-hmm. which was his final season? I would put, I would even argue that you could put Ward second over Billy Koch yeah. just because he came in red hot in 1993. Oh, he was God, one yeah. of the reasons why we were able to do what we did in 93. He might have been our best middle reliever from about... 90 to 92 and then when he took over that close role he just ran with it he did save some games in the in the first part of the 90s uh but he he took over that role uh with the departure of hanky in 93 and like yeah like you said that he just tore it up you don't see that too often anymore where a guy will stick with the team in the middle of the bullpen and mm-hmm. then get promoted to closer they're usually just gone or they get picked yeah. up or whatever yeah so good on him some mm-hmm. bad ones that come to mind uh miguel escobar Tyler Clifford. Tyler Clifford. <laughs> um, also, yeah, Sergio Santos, Ooh. worst of all time. I remember yeah. we got Sergio Santos, and I saw his nasty slider on tape, and I was like, this guy is going to be filthy for us. He threw hard. Did nothing for the Jays. Zero things. No, uh, that managers. seems like a long time ago already. Long time ago. That was a depressing year. Yeah. Um, Jay managers. Managers here. Who do you got? Patrick, you go first, because I don't like your pick. I went with my the sentimental pick. I went with Gibby. Obviously, there is somebody who stands above him, but Buck. For me, Gibby, <laughs> Gibby, Gibby was is just like I see him as right now, kind of the heart and soul of the team. Uh, all the players love him. Management loves him. The yeah, fans the love yeah. him. It's gonna be really hard to let Gibby go, and it's probably gonna happen sooner than we want, which is really depressing. But Gibby 
whatever his style, I don't know how to describe it exactly. Lackadaisical? But he, what is it? Lackadaisical. He just like, he walk slash jogs to the mound to change pitchers out. Like, he yeah. kind of like kind of walks briskly. It's almost he, like an Olympic power walk. He gives a shit, but it doesn't look like he does. Yeah. yeah. I just love his uh, arms over the railings. Yeah. And pose just where his, there, like, yeah. his arms are up above his head and he's just like leaning on the railing. <laughs> See, I would say Gibby too. I love Cito, but. Come on, boys. Gibby's just more of like the guy, you know? Like, How he's just can more... you not pick Cito? Fun fact about John Gibbons. Um, and this is just a quick story here. I had a fake John Gibbons Twitter account going for a while. It was uh, John Gibby 5, and <laughs> I had, like, 700 followers by the That's time awesome. I forgot. Like, I forgot the password. I kind of stopped tweeting for a while, but it was uh, two years before we got really good. Or was it? No, the year he was hired. Yeah. So that was the year before we got really good. Yeah. And uh, I did, yeah, John Gibby 5. I just started, like, tweeting at some guys, and some other Blue Jay guys retweeted me, and I was... I had some pretty fire tweets on that account. <laughs> like, I was getting, I was having comments with other ever, Blue Jay fans and stuff. Is it still up? Do you ever, like, look it up? It's John Gibby 5. John Gibby 5. But, yeah, so I can't remember the password. I can't get back into it, but I had, like. I'm going to go retweet a bunch of stuff. It was good, later. man. It was, yeah, if you want to go follow it or whatever, that's fine. But I'd go with Gibby just because, again, I love the way he gets ejected. I loved, I just love his attitude and stuff. Cito just didn't have that for me. He won two world championships. I know, but that's the thing. That's the obvious sexy pick. I'm going off the board. Come on. It is Cito, though. Again, like Cito's a legend. He he's not in the baseball hall of fame yet, is he? No, um, because he managed for us, and he might be eligible pretty mm. quick. When he came back, though, I think that's why it kind of left a little. When he came like, back, when he came I thought back, it was he wasn't great. No, but what he did do is he fixed Jose Bautista's swing and turned him into a 54 home run player. That's true. Um, yep. Cito Gaston was not a great major league player. Uh, but he was a great manager. His his winning percentage isn't much above 500, but he managed in almost 2,000 games. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the guy was successful enough. Um, he managed us from 89 to 97 and then from 08 to 2010. Yeah. So those last three years were kind of like almost, I mean, mercy managing for I the team because, so yeah. I mean, there was nobody really there. No. It was when um, Paul Beeston was still around with the team, so he brought his old buddy back, kind of yeah. got the old boys club back together. And, I mean, it, it was fun. It was, it was good to see Cito. I, I didn't have any memories of him, and I thought he was great as a manager. Um, I remember him being a very good bullpen manager. Oh, yeah. Uh, which a lot of managers, John Gibbons has gotten better. I used to rag on him all the time for being terrible at managing the bullpen and using guys in weird situations. But I just I picked Cito because we won when Cito was our manager. Yep, true. We've never won the World of the World Series with, a, with any other manager than Cito Gaston. He won two in a row for us. Yeah, but I just granted love we Gibby. put a great feel on the team. Yeah, but it takes a great manager to make sure those those players are in the best situation that they can be. That's true. To win. That's true. Any last words? Do you guys are on Cito. Do you guys Gaston? remember back in two thousand nine? When uh, they, there was like mention of like a mutiny in the mm-hmm. Blue Jays clubhouse against Cito. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, was, it was, was actually complete. Ken yeah. Rosenthal who who busted open that story. Yeah. And about like a lack of communication and Lyle Overbay was upset. I think about his playing time. Oh, wow. 
And yeah, it was a whole like to do, but the idea of a clubhouse mutiny, I find incredibly amusing. <laughs> Can you well, imagine like the, the guys like barricading themselves in the clubhouse yeah. and not coming out until they fire the manager? Well, what guy? about the Ted Lily John Gibbon situation too? And Lily tried to fight him in the clubhouse. And yeah. Gibb, again, like Gibby, who is way older than Ted I'm sure Lily, he could have kicked he his didn't, ass. He didn't back down. No, he chased him in the tunnel. Yeah. It was like, what well, fuck think, you, Ted I, Lily? I think Gibby would have kicked Ted Lily's ass. Yeah, Ted Lily was he's a, he's a left handed pitcher versus a former catcher. Ted Lily. Ted Lilly was covered butter, man. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gibby looks like he has that like grandpa strength. Oh, like yeah. he can just, he has this like wealth of strength that he just hides from everybody. Kind of like master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z <laughs> yeah. where he's just like, looks like an old man. Most of the time he, when he rips off his shirt, he's ripped. He's like the grandpa on Thanksgiving who just gets drunk off rye, sitting in a chair watching football. And if you wake him up, he's going to be pissed. And he's going to get real angry with you, and you're going to see a real bad dark side of him. All right, boys. Um, Vladdy Guerrero, two walks tonight, scored a run. He's up He's up batting again right now. I'm going to keep you updated on that. Nice. Well, I think nice for him to get a hit. Yeah. Ah, who cares? He's getting on base. We actually, there's one more thing uh, that just popped up in my feed here. Um, if Ball you piece. guys want to hear me try Spanish, I can do it. But if not, Ooh, I'll just do. read the English translation. Um, Unito Guriel on Instagram, a.k.a. Lourdes Guriel Jr. posts, Thanks to all people who has cared about my death. I'll be out of ball field for a few days. I'll be back soon. <laughs> That's really poor translation. Yeah. But yeah. The, the Spanish, obviously. Yeah. That's what it's coming from. But so, I haven't seen an official uh, amount of time for him. You never People know. People are saying just six weeks. Yeah, you never know what this and kind of And Vladi draws walk number three on the oh, day. That's boring. So that's da- but Danny Jansen hanging behind him tonight has two hits, three RBIs, and a run scored. So nice. he's already impacted Danny Jansen in a positive way. So good for him. Nice. So let's end it on a positive note there. The future looking good, okay? Yeah, the, Blue- the Bisons are playing against Ryan Goins tonight, by the way. Ryan Goins. Um, that's it. That's all for episode nine. Uh, shout out again to our Montana listeners. We love you. Hey, Montana. Uh, Facebook, Batflips, uh, Maple Dips. Just look it up on search on Twitter at BFMD Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. Just Google Batflips, Maple Dips. That's yeah, probably the probably best way to do it. it. You'll find our SoundCloud there. Uh, for Justin and Patrick, it's Clayton signing off. We'll uh, see you next Tuesday. <laughs>